you mind introducing yourself for the audience, please? Uh, hello, everyone. I'm uh, Julia Gamensky, and I'm currently a painter and artist um, based on Georgia, uh, United States. And I um, do a variety of work, um, mostly uh, plein airs and studio work. And I wouldn't say I'm self-taught. It's a really kind of um, uh, deceiving term nowadays. But I did uh, graduated art school in the childhood, but I wouldn't call it as like a real formal training. And I do have a um, master's degree in engineering science, in civil engineering. And that was my uh, basic training. And uh, then I perform all my, I would say, self-directed training because I was taking classes, I was taking lessons, and there were teachers. So surely I didn't sell, uh, taught myself. I, I was um, taught by other people. And uh, they are a great deal of uh, inspiration and growth, in my opinion, mentors, teachers. So that's shortly about me. And currently I'm doing um, my online business of selling art, teaching online and in person. And I also... Um, participate in a gallery in in a show so also i do plein air painting for fun like people say that i meet my fellow artists we go together and paint from life for fun excellent your work is beautiful julia and i first come across it because you run a course with penn school of arts and we sort of running mm -hmm. at the same time and I saw your work and it's so beautiful how, how you and I especially love your landscapes and seascapes and sky as well and it's interesting because you work mainly in acrylic is that right um I wouldn't say like I'm I mainly work from something I started my uh, artistic journey from uh watercolor because like all my childhood, I was familiar with watercolor, you know, like um, honey watercolor. <laughs> so it wasn't like acrylic when I was 10. I, we didn't know about that at all. And uh, gouache, yes, it was gouache, but I kind of didn't appeal to me. So um, acrylic is, I don't know, I wouldn't say it's my main medium. I like it for convenience. It took me some time to get used to working with that. But my true love is watercolor and gouache. Um, and you also work with gouache, and it is different from acrylic. It's really, oh. yeah, it, it's kind different kind of paint. It, some people say, like, acrylic is plastic. In this term, we would say, yeah, gouache is not plastic, but um, I wouldn't, like, downsize acrylic as much to be just plastic because uh, it, it is whatever you make with that. So uh, it certainly has advantages, but it didn't like took my old heart. So I will, oh yeah, I will be painting with acrylic 100%. <laughs> no, I like gouache probably, but it's for when you sell artwork, you, you know that you kind of have to deal with framing it, framing under the glass. And when you uh, frame it, it's kind of uh, losing its beauty of matte surface. So that's why acrylic is more convenient in this term. Um, Absolutely. But it, it handles very differently. And what I like about your paintings when I look at them, and, and I just went through your Instagram again, and it's, it's difficult to tell <laughs> that they are acrylic. And I think this is the interesting thing that, you know, someone who, who's able to, work across those different types of media. But your paintings sometimes look like oil paintings as well. How, how did it sort of handling the the acrylic in a um, in a sense? Because with gouache, you always have that um, possibility of bringing it back to life with a little bit of water. How do you find the drying aspects of acrylic, seeing that it once it dries, it dries, um, it sets. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that quality of acrylic, it could be a downside, 
But it's also uh, to me is uh, upside because, uh, okay, so uh, let's say you painted something and then you gonna add like and see, does it work or not? But you're not sure. With acrylic, you have wonderful possibility to have a damp towel and paint over something. And if you don't like, you can immediately wipe it down. Immediately without destroying anything, you cannot make that cheek pip gouache. Once you lay down paint, you can overpaint, but you cannot erase it immediately. Yes. Uh, yeah, it does dry quick on a palette. It, it depends on environment. It really does uh, dry quick in a plein air painting. That's why I did plein air with acrylic just to test out thing, but it's really, really hard. It's like everything dries fast and you just uh, fast to squeeze new paint because everything dried, your palette dried, your uh, paint uh, you squeezed and some people do open acrylics. But then like I was thinking about that, like, okay, if I want like to paint to dry not that fast, I better to, you know, paint with oils. And they're fantastic for that. So I, I like acrylic. You can um, um, use different technique of like blending. Some people say, oh, they don't blend well. They don't, I mean, then they wet, but they are good when you um, dry brush them. So you paint it and then like uh, with uh, dry brushing, uh, you can really smooth it out, but it's not like you do it in oil. Or you can do that in oil, but you have to wait between drying so I, I like it. I I think I uh, didn't like them at first. At my first five times, I, I just really hated them. Just like, what a pain, what I can do with that. But uh, then I got myself like a month to paint exclusively with acrylics, just to get used to them, just to find out how to work with them. And I think it's a crucial time for people to uh, give them a chance and work it out, not to say, oh, they worse, you know, with oil. And um, then door is closed. So, but I'm trying to, you know, have more doors open as I like get a call from the gallery and they say, okay, your painting is sold, bring new one tomorrow. Yes. With oil, you just can't do that because <laughs> you need at least at least one week, and then with oil, yeah, you can bring them. Like depending on size, you can bring them next day or day after. Yeah, it'd be fine. So, absolutely. Um, you were saying about the dry brush technique um, for yeah. blend. Um, it's interesting. I use gouache very much in a dry brush way. I hardly dilute it with water at all. Um, and I was always sort of taught to use gouache with water, you know, to, to get yeah. it. But I find it's really good for blending and, and scumbling with a dry brush. With your technique, do you, do you mainly use dry brush? How much water do you use with the acrylic? Um, I usually start with, uh, it's like in my old mediums in gouache as well, I start with watery wash. Yes. So I have a kind of underlying colors and main colors already in place. So I can then judge better what the painting is going to be. But they usually thin out, uh, very thin out. So I do it quickly and I'm not like committed with um, a thick layer of the paint to something yet. So the same with uh, acrylic and whatever I'm, I was doing them, they usually don't uh, lay uh, nicely in the first layer either way. It's like just, they will be like stripey, whatever. So I do that, see, and then I begin uh, working with more paint-like consistency, just pure paint, and then um, softening my brushes. So it's important too, if you have a hard paint, hard brush, you will be like doing like strong marks. And um, sometimes you want it, sometimes you don't. And then I take a softer brush and then I just, you know, kind of layer, lightly touch. So it does change a little bit color, but I don't overpaint it with next layer. So it leaves bits of colors, but it doesn't overpaint the initial, you know, color laid. 
So the same with gouache, I guess. With gouache, you also can, uh, if you start like watery, then you build up more paint. You don't want like to put watery wash on the, you know, paint. It's gonna be just destroy it. Yes. Yeah. Because... Sometimes, sometimes I do that with my brush, and this um, it's one of the interesting techniques for me or properties of gouache is. Um, especially where the horizon line is, you know, mm -hmm. I suppose try to get a, a blur, a blurry yeah, horizon. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So I noticed that, yes, yeah, I noticed yeah. that in your work, it's really like how we see that. It's not like how camera shows us, you know, like Absolutely. a broad line. Yeah. And because it's a it's the furthest point away from us, so yeah. I try to always give it that sense of it blurring. So when I'm using a gouache, I'll, I'll tend to build it up quite thick and then take a damp brush and just on that mm -hmm. area take the wet brush and it and it blurs it and i i love that about gouache you you can build something up and it dries very quickly but you can still go in if you want to carefully and destroy yeah, exactly. yeah you can do that trick with acrylic as well you just uh have two brushes and one is uh, uh, with uh, paint you have on, and another one is damp and clean. And you do the brush stroke, and second brush you just goes on top, so it will soften it. So you you just do that quickly, and you just have everything ready. And it doesn't work, you just wipe it down. And so I think acrylic has really nice possibilities. You're convincing me to try it. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll try yeah. It. <laughs> um, yeah. It it is one of those mediums that I I think you know for me oil and uh, gouache are the ones that um, I'm very interested. In. Also uh, oil pastel as well. Um, but I think with acrylic, I tried it for some some time and I got frustrated and didn't give myself mm -hmm. that time to learn. But as you say. Give yourself time to learn and, and yeah yeah like you know in our society we kind of overemphasize information so oh if i know how i will i will do that you know like somebody tells me a secret and i will do that but you kind of have to practically test it out and uh, any paint will take time to especially if you come from different media and you have a different mindset how things work it will like um will take time to adjust but it's worth trying like i i just can't see myself working with just one medium uh, yeah. because it's kind of um uh, kind of limiting you and it's also um like you doing art it's not like you doing medium right yeah absolutely Absolutely. Simon, do you have a question? Yeah, well, I was wondering about, uh, because you've used oil, acrylic, and and lots of different mediums, there's obviously the reputation that with oil, you go from dark to light, and with acrylic, you go from light to dark. Do you deviate from that, or is that, do you follow that? Uh... Um, actually, I, I started with my darks with acrylic as well, mm. because, you know, it's um, like, any paint is in in white titanium white is not like 100% opaque and if you're painting something like dark and then you try to cover with acrylic with white you will be having hard time I mean anyway you will build, build layers then and I also like to start with darks to have them deepen up as I want I can also uh, always can lighten them up a little bit but making them darker mm. so no and i also want to see like a uh, structure of darks first you know to see like what my darks are and how they frame mm. uh, value structure of my painting that's i don't deviate from that um, is it quite methodical much. it's kind of a compositional approach really is kind of the darks kind of set the composition Early. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. I tend to start with mid tones, so 
I start with the the mid, and then I can go darker or or mm -hmm. lighter with it. Um, it's interesting though the different approaches, uh, and I'm not sure you know why I started doing that, um, but but I like it because with the mid tone, especially with clouds, for example, start with the the middle tone of the cloud, and then push it darker underneath and, and lighter on top. What's your method, Julia, for painting clouds? You make very beautiful clouds. To me, is you know, like we have uh, uh, limitations on the paint. It's like uh, how light and colorful you can go. So that's like max um, point when you can go above like it will be uh, my lightest and brightest color. I mean, the most, most saturated color. And then I start usually from that. And then I build upon, I can go darker, I can go lighter, but it will be less chroma. Mm -hmm. So I'm usually like mixing it. And that's my set point. Uh, because like, if I would start like from, I don't know, maybe, I can go like too light and then I will have no capacity to go even lighter or it will be like just washed out. Uh, so to me is like that. I know I, I want to establish my uh, capabilities and then I can push darker and have more color or push lighter, but lose the color. Mm -hmm. yes. So yeah, then, yeah, it could be like something like medium, like mid-tone, not like lightest light. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And um, now we're talking about colours, and, and we always ask the artists, what is your colour palette? Do you have a set colour palette? Do you change your colours? Um, what do you um, use? I usually have a kind of like for my studio work, I have kind of limited palette. I would say some people say it's split primary split palette. So two versions of red, yellow and blue and uh, white. And I quite rarely deviate. Um, sometimes I do have greens on my palette when I'm painting plein air and I just have, a you know, have want to have a ready to use green without mixing it and uh, um, but it's it's mostly primaries, and I do stick with them quite like consistently. Mm -hmm. And I don't it's like uh, when you start painting, usually buy oh this color and this color and this color, and you end up with a bunch of different like fancy colors, but you don't know like what to do with them, and your work then looks like illustration. <laughs> it's all you know patchwork of different colors but then you uh, limit yourself with um, um, less colors but you use them all for all your mixtures then you have a kind of um, common um, common colors for every uh, and then your painting feels like you there because we like when we're painting landscapes are uh, all colors are they just all common because the sun shining on everything and gives uh, like common kind of color to everything and they have to we have to capture that to make it believable so make make it convincing so to that's me true. landscapes yes uh, that's limited palette and i don't usually use uh, greens as much as for like plain air for convenience but uh, for my studio work i'm usually mixing it from what i have i also started using a black one that's a new guy because i was taught before like no don't touch black it's a bad color or you know just and i think it's kind of was uh, limiting advice to me because i found out in acrylic you probably won't be able to mix uh, from primaries. I mean, yellow, blue, and uh, red as dark, dark as just black itself. And mm. sometimes you need it. Yes, I'm not yes. saying like everything should be using, every mixture should be using black. Not not really, but you kind of, if you, if you want to have a like full 
range of contrast in the work, yeah, black will be handy. And it makes very interesting greens when mixed with, say, cadmium yellow, black, ivory black or plant black or whatever, you mix that with any of the cadmium yellows and it, the green is yes. incredible. Yes, yes, exactly. I like mixture. My favorite is it gives like you almost black but deep green is the um, Mars black, I think I use, or ivory black and uh, Indian yellow. And Indian yellow is transparent and gives you just nice reach. It's not like dull or lifeless like black cell, but it's more like greenish, but still very, very dark. Yes, yeah. Especially with the Indian yellow. We talked about Indian yellow um, the other day. And it, it's an incredible color because as, uh, on its own out of the tube, it's a very kind of a dark, great glazing color but you need mm -hmm. only a little bit of white in it and it it comes comes alive but um yeah it is a fascinating color indian yellow yeah and very powerful i mean like you can kind of well um, i don't know like mess up the whole painting if you like yeah. don't be careful with that <laughs> yeah yeah it's very very strong it just yeah, it just very strong and Janet, so you you now have you always painted still life? Because I see you've got a, a different Instagram for your still life painting. Now, is uh, it something new, or, or have you have you always done it? Yeah, I I always done that, but it's um I don't know. It's I think it's a new thing on Instagram and. It kind of keeps you in your uh, narrow range of paintings you've done. And usually don't encourage people to paint different genres. And like, um, okay, if you're a landscape painter, people love your landscapes and more people love your landscapes. And then, but I don't believe like you um, should be mostly one genre paint painting. And there's so many beautiful things, including still life. And I love portrait. I don't post it at all. I'm keep it. I'm keeping it secretly because I'm still learning. But I like it to be different, um, different work. And it's not always the landscapes are inspiring to me. If it's uh, wintry and uh, cold outside, and everything is gloomy and gray, I'm better to set up flowers and you know have some fun with colors. So I decided to like maybe separated it but then i i don't know actually um it's kind of more artificial of um, separate yourself from all things you love it's the yeah. same to be like oil painting one account acrylic paintings another <laughs> account it's, it's kind yeah. of like i don't know not sure I about yeah. i understand that because i paint uh, still life not as regular um, as landscapes but Whenever I, I post the still life, it all, it gets less engagement, of course, you know, on Instagram. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a sort of a, a, a very um, contemporary problem for artists, in a sense, because people with the algorithm and with Instagram, they want to see something that they're used to seeing by you. So landscape, yeah. that kind of thing. And then if you occasionally put the still life in there, it's like, Maybe they don't even recognise it. Um, and I, I noticed that as well. And I, I did at some point think I might have, you know, a separate account a couple of years ago for doing it. And in the end, I thought, you know what? No, just, this is, you know, this is me and these are my little sort of experiments and stuff. Now, there's a lot I, I won't post on there because, you know, I don't, I don't think it's good enough or, or, or whatever, but... I like to see that uh, diversity in an, in an artist's approach. And it's very much how, how you would see how artists used to be. When you look, say, at Van Gogh or, or people like that, they're always changing what they're painting in many ways and showing those different skills and those different subjects. Do you think it is very much, um, like I was saying nowadays, that... Um, as artists, we almost become brands, <laughs> and we want to yeah. deliver. 
Yeah, I think it's it's like um yeah, common trend like to deviate it deviate to like small niche um, and uh, be recognizable for like particular subject and this is nice but I don't think it's like how you would grow like if your goal is to grow as an artist you always want to uh, challenge yourself and changing the subject is a great way to challenge yourself because I'm here not like to paint landscapes or anything or flower or anything I'm here for to paint light and form and how I see form in the light it could be anything the the hardest form is uh, human body and uh, head because we so used to see it and every single little mistake will be just oh that's you know something's off but it's all I and also I don't believe like when people say oh I can draw I don't know the bird and I'm bird painter but I can draw I don't know flowers or I can draw landscapes or anything but to me is either you uh, learn how to draw and you have skills or you not because every like uh, change of in the subject is your test out of understanding how form works absolutely absolutely Sana, do you want to ask a question on that? Because I know you're very interested in sort of form and um, figurative. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I was wondering, because I mean, I do play with portraiture sometimes and it's it can be tricky, but I, <clears throat> I always try to go as minimal as possible because then the viewer will make up all of the details you haven't included. Whereas I was curious, to be honest, if you'd be able to share something which doesn't work that you've experienced. I mean, I'll give you an example. Um, I've did a lot of plein air painting last year and one time I changed my palette and what I couldn't do is mix colors accurately. And instead what uh, a friend of mine came up and saw that I was struggling and she said, go for tonal accuracy and not color mixing accuracy. Because my reduced palette, I can get quite accurate mixing. Whereas because I'd, I'd changed the palette for this one trip, I just couldn't mix those colors as accurate as normal. So that didn't really work for me and I wasn't prepared for it. Is there anything which you've experienced where you think that doesn't work in my experience and I've had to understand it a different way or, or have you uh, um, kind of taught yourself through difficulties in any kind of mixing or approach in any way like that? Uh, I I always struggle with something, you know, especially if you go out being plein air. And I uh, usually go, we have a um, guy who's like our head and he knows where we're going. And, but I don't know where we're going. So I don't know what I'm going to be painting. So I, and I always try to, you know, push myself out of comfort zone. Uh, because it's not always about, you know, like um, be... Um, confident and know what you're doing 100% because it's missing like kind of um, joy of unknown, you know? When you 100% know like your painting will come up right and you always know and it's a 100% case, what, guess what? You're gonna be boring. It's it's gonna be just like, and then I go like plein air. I, yeah, I always have that uh, sense so like, uh, I would say like less confident in having good result. And um, it's kind of unavoidable. Like whatever I will say you, okay, so have these colors and mix this way or do this. It could be working, but it's also like um, maybe not working, but it's fun. It's exploration. To me, plein air painting is not about like getting perfect results. I can, uh, you know, strive for perfection in studio when light is consistent, when uh, time is not constrained, light is not changing, subject is not changing, like uh, all these uh, different factors. When so I just go through that and I'm trying to have fun, you know, in the moment. And um, the most uh, important thing of the painting plein air is observation. No matter how good uh, camera is, you will never get those colors correctly. 
you know, like from photograph. And I'm just trying my best. And uh, for plein air painting, to me, is uh, like lower your bar. I mean, if you like trying to get colors that make you go like don't worry about much about finished painting or composition or anything do color notes and sometimes when colors are really intense and fast changing like um sunset it's only way to work you probably won't be able like to pace fast enough to uh, come up with large uh, painting for gallery probably no but it's and it's also uh like when you're painting plein air some people um don't think about like how to choose the subject first and they take uh something too difficult and uh, it's also um they don't know how to position themselves in relation to the sun i didn't know that at first and i figured out on my uh practice so you better not to face to the sun or face, like uh, on the opposite so you better to look like on the sun on your side so you see kind of light and shadow on the form and will help you uh, when you begin and help you to see uh, things better and uh, more three-dimensional and then you can you know change your approach when you get in little bit more experience with that so I didn't know that and I struggled a lot with um, sometimes uh, painting and staying in the sun that's a great and time to come yeah yeah you you even can I think damage your eyes but I was just like oh I'm go for that you know glare and so yeah mm. Do you use a, a ground colour? Do you kind of have any approach where you think, I'll put down a yellow ground or an orange ground before I start painting so that I have this vibrancy showing through? Or do you paint onto a white uh, surface? Because that can really change, can't it? You know, as soon as you've got all the colours down and the white disappears, the tonal value of everything in the room yeah. change. Yeah, I've tried like different approach and I, I also tried that, you know, burn sienna wash on first and I did it like several times, but I kind of saw it, it doesn't help me. It doesn't help me at all. It's just more kind of like a shield that doesn't like help me to see the color and then you like lay the color on it. Uh, burnt sienna surface you can it does look really different from what you're mixing on because you're probably not mixing on a burnt uh, sienna palette yeah absolutely uh, so yeah to me it is uh, more convenient to have like what you mixing on and your surface to be the same so mm -hmm. you kind of like see when you're mixing color you kind of see what you're mixing and you're putting it on it looks like what you mixed like some people do like red background and i think i've done pink background but it was wild <laughs> so yeah kind of like personal preferences some people want to get rid of the white first but i do uh like first kind of fast wash of things but they the colors more close to what i need them to be they're not just like wild random color because otherwise i will need to put right color on the right spot and having burnt sienna may be handful somewhere but maybe not in other places that's really interesting because i pretty much always use it's not always burnt sienna sometimes and i'm talking about oil paint here mm -hmm. um i will sometimes just use the stuff that I wash all <laughs> so white spirit and it's just a grey and red it's basically all of the primary colours or every colour in the sludge and I'll tone the um the surface with that and a lot of it is to get rid of the white um for me and I think because then I'm going on top of that straight in with paint directly from the tube so I'm not doing a, a wash to sketch things out. 
So that burnt sienna surface is really helpful then because there are going to be certain little gaps in the impasto or the paint on top and I don't want the white to be coming through. But I think if I were to be um, using a wash first to to put on my, my tones and my colours, I wouldn't need it. So that's really, really interesting what you're saying now, because you're, you're creating that under kind of painting or those tones yourself by those first few washes. Is that right? Yeah, kind of like that. So um, the burnt sienna, I, I don't even mind that color. I like it, but it's, you know, if it's a, like um, dry grass beneath, yeah, it will be helping you. It will be helping, but maybe not necessary to help in the sky, as I find out when I really need like clean, singing, pink kind of. So, and I just like... I, I would do maybe like, you know, wash burnt sienna for ground plane. Yeah, maybe fine. It's it's helping to do that maybe if you're painting cityscape. Because, yeah, when you have a, like a little many details, when you join them together, you have white marks and you are not paint them. Yeah, I don't like that too. And like for city, yeah, I would do maybe wash so not to have those little white. Yes. But um, when they like just, yeah, annoying and like um, keep you away from thinking about bigger stuff. And Absolutely. It's actually really good for um, if you're doing blue skies because the burnt sienna and Saban ultramarine blue, because they're complementary in that sense. Yeah. So having, when you put the, the, the ultramarine blue with some white in it or on top of the burnt sienna wash on the background, it just sort of pops. And, and sometimes for those clouds and very sort of English clouds, if then you're painting and just that warmth of the burnt sienna coming through the clouds, it, it kind of helps them. Um, yeah, maybe the next one I will try to do the key, <laughs> you know? Maybe I'll like it. <laughs> um, Jenny, talk about teaching because you teach painting as well is it mainly through workshops online do you do it often or um how, uh, how important is it to you i don't do that often i mean often enough i i don't know maybe because i i think i prefer teaching not online i like yeah. offline and to my experience um, um online is not for everyone and the student uh, should be dedicated and willing to work. And it's really hard. And to me, it was kind of challenging uh, when I taught like uh, in-person class, you kind of see, oh, they're not getting it. You know, there's like question in the eyes and you just go further. But online, you kind of don't see everyone is silent and you're just talking to yourself and maybe <laughs> they, you know, lost the line. And or even seeing like, uh, when you're doing uh, the camera, just uh, balance of white and uh, like you start, you know, from mid-tone clouds and they look so dark <laughs> on the camera. And then just like, oh, and people like, are you sure? And like, what? <laughs> but then you kind of like adjust that and, and it doesn't happen in person because yeah, people see that better. So I like that, um, like I'm not only teaching online, I'm also learning online. And I like the possibility you can learn from everyone. That person could be in England, in the United States, and far away on other coasts. I cannot travel that far now. I have two kids and like my primary duties are taking care of them. Uh, maybe like, um, that I, I like in-person classes much better. And I sign up for one for myself. Um, in May, I'm going to have a birthday. It's going to be my birthday gift to myself. So, Because I like that interactive moment of in-person class. Yeah, yeah. It's, they're totally different. I was talking to Simon about this earlier because I'm running online classes at the moment and do in-person classes as well. And it is very, very different in, in the in-person yeah. Plus, I walk around, you know, I sit with people and so, you know, maybe 
do this or adjust mm -hmm. this. Online, it's it's very very different, you know. But people will post their work, and you you know, it's it's not it's a totally different process. But I like both. I I enjoy both. Yeah, it's kind of like you need um, um, motivation and um, really do the practice because people like, uh, and I'm not an exception. I also, oh, if I'll watch, I'll get an idea and I, I know how to do that. But no, it's not going to work. You just like, will not learn much from that, just watching. Just like you, when you riding with someone and someone is driving, like you can ride with them forever but you will not become a driver if you're not driving yourself so so I, uh, yeah sorry go ahead yeah i will have like a online class but it just because i i want to share my knowledge and people always ask me how to get in the class and i'm just doing that like as a like they want to see my technique but i'm not like saying okay i will you know teach you how to paint a masterpiece in, in two hours yes yeah so no promises you can't make promises on that yeah and i really what want to see them i even offer it like a personal feedback just because it will be stimulating for them to do the painting and and show me and i will give the feedback so i think it's important um, Good. Um, so about your painting practice, you, you said sort of it's the mix of plein air, studio work. Which do you prefer? Is there, do, you, do you have a sort of a favourite thing, to be outside painting or to be in the studio? I think I like studio. You know, when you're comfortable, when you have everything available. So I live in Georgia. We have a coastal climate. And like whole summer, we are too hot. I painted plein air when it was hot, but it's just challenging to be there. And um, I wish it could be always like 70 degree and it was like mild and not raining, not, not like, no, we have bugs also, they will be biting you. <laughs> they will eat you alive if you're not careful. So I like the adventure. I like being outdoor, but, uh, when you know when you're creating something, you better be focused on your task mainly, not on instructions. Even though I can like say, oh, I hate linear painting, I will no never do that again. No, I love it, but it's challenging. It's challenging to be focused on your artwork 100%. And then people come over, they look over your shoulder, and then they'll ask you questions, and you <laughs> just. It is fun too. I like, you know, educating people so that people are painting. They're painting from life. They're painting plain air. They're having fun. So, and they just, oh, you're painting. Is it real paint? Are you painting with real paint? That was a question I, somebody asked me like recently, like, I don't know. Is it like not real paint? <laughs> we haven't answered that question. But <laughs> you paint with real paints. I don't know what that means. Yes. Yes. Are you painting with real paint? Yeah. Are you a real artist? Yeah. Is, um... Oh yeah. That, that, no, nobody asked me. But people usually really kind and polite, and they don't mean bad. Like nobody told me anything bad. Like when I was out painting plein air. With the teaching side of things, I was wondering because I've been taught. Um, by different people in different ways, not official teaching of paints, but there's one medium, which is watercolour, which I feel I understand the theory because there's a clear theory, in my view, behind watercolour, which other paints I haven't found has the same theory. So with acrylic, I don't feel as though I know the exact... It's always a battle with acrylic, um, and I always engage with that battle to try and make it work. With watercolour, I feel as though once it was explained to me well and I understood the principle of how the light reflects through the paper and the white is then, you know, the page and everything that you do on top is diluted so that it's thin layers on top of each other you're building the opacity slowly on top, you know, with these transparent layers. That made sense to me. And that was something which really, as soon as it clicked, I understood it and I feel as though I could pass it on. Is that something which... I mean, is that something which you feel the other mediums do you, do you have? Do you think there's 
you know, oil and, and acrylic have a similar theory or is it a little bit more, there's several ways of doing it. Because I know that acrylic, yeah, watercolor, you can use a different way. I just feel as though the, the theory I was taught, that way of preserving the paper for the reflection and the radiance of the white, that to me appears to be the, the purest way of using yeah. watercolor, unless I'm mistaken, but is that something which you... Um, I think, you know, um, the problem is uh, maybe, as I see it, acrylic could be so different, like it could be like watercolor, it could be like uh, oil as well. So like the different like watercolor and, and uh, oil um, on itself and like way of working, but you can kind of uh, work in both ways and in and, and that sense. So to me, watercolor, I love it, but um i i was taught and i know it like very methodical medium so you have the way of doing things and you better to do uh detailed drawing prepare for your painting not just like a smash paint and trying to overpaint then yeah and uh, acrylic it could be that way but i just think it's more like having wild nature more room for experimentation mm. and it maybe it shouldn't be as methodical as the even like oil and you also have kind of rules to go from thin to thick and i also keep that approach from going from thin to thick with acrylic as well because like the more paint you have the harder to deal with that so if you trying to think I mean, you're thinking on your canvas and you're kind of not sure how to place things. Yeah, you have a bit of acrylic, you have a room to go from thin and see and then adjust. But if you like smash a paint, you know, by bucket, then you probably will have a hard time adjusting that. So it will be just paint. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, um, my advice would, would be like experiment more with acrylic and, um, what like what you're missing in uh, in acrylic in comparison to watercolor so you don't have a like um order of how things should be done like you lost how, how to make it yeah yeah in my experience yeah, so that was yeah yeah and then it could be like from thin to thick as well mm. yeah it seems um, to be with acrylic um in many ways, it's probably the most sort of flexible medium. Um, yes. Like you're saying with with oil, I mean, oil you you have to, in the traditional sense, work um, lean to fat, so thicker layers over thinner layers. Um, there's ways around that if you're working alla prima, but if you're working sort of building it up over time. With acrylic, though, you can you can put thin washes over very thick layers, and you know all of that kind of stuff. Um, so it's much more experimental, maybe. Mm. Um, yeah, it appears that way. But, yeah, but I think we, we tend to, and like with gouache, I mean, I use gouache very much like I would oil, you know, yeah. in that sense, and I would probably use acrylic very much like I use. Oil and gouache, you know. I'm going for you to use acrylic. That will be so interesting to see. That would be great. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to give it a go. Yeah, I yeah. actually bought some uh, casein mm. not that long ago and tried once and didn't really get on with it. But again, I need to give it a bit more time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I wanted to ask Julia, do you exhibit? Because you mentioned galleries at the start of this uh, in your introduction, I think. So what what galleries do you exhibit in? Uh, it's a very, um, it's a local gallery and it's very democratic, so everyone can go and uh, show the piece. Mm. And I joined it um, many years ago, I think it's more than five, and I'm still there and I'm just bringing a piece. And most of the time I sell it or sell several pieces, so it's working absolutely fine to me. I don't have deadlines. I am... Um, I also going actually I decided to do that I'm I'm going to do like um you know one month of uh, me doing my personal exhibit in that gallery 
So that will be body of work, like 15 paintings shown and at one time. Fantastic. So, What's it called? What's the name of the gallery? Uh, it's a um, Society of Bluffton Artists, Soba Gallery in Bluffton, South Carolina. Oh, fantastic. And then do you have a, a website? Where should people go to support your work and see you from our audience? Where should they go and see your work online? Um, I do have a website. It's uh, juliaartist.com. Very easy name without <laughs> anything in between, juliaartist.com. And I also usually like get um, with people on the social media. It's my Instagram, so that they um, like find me and usually follow my work from Instagram. And I'm I'm usually better like to respond on email, uh, on messages from there first, and then maybe I will go to my website and see yeah. if somebody asking anything. So yeah, it happens too. Excellent. And to follow your still life Instagram as well. Oh yeah. So mm -hmm. there's your your more landscape Instagram and your still life Instagram as well. Yeah, that's like several uh, like different accounts. I don't know like how it how it go if I have because you know it's like social media they like taking so much time to support. I mean to I'm trying to be polite and uh, you know thank everyone who left the account comment or have questions i'm not like usually upload and go away no i'm usually interacting and it takes quite like a time each day from me to support that and to support other artists i like and um yeah it's a full time job but... not sure about like if i can handle multiple accounts and... <laughs> well i'll put links in the description of this video for your um social media accounts and for the gallery so that anyone watching or listening will be able to go and support your work and, and see your work there. But just wanted to thank you for being on the podcast. You've been a thank you so much. It was so thank much fun just... to talk to you. Yeah. Lovely. You too. Thank you so much for coming on. And it's it's lovely to hear all about your different mediums and how you work as well. And it's great to see to hear because we see the images online <laughs> and try to think how they're created or see so it's really interesting to hear thank you Julia. Yeah, thank you so much for having me i i love talking art <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> <Just> give me time <laughs> <laughs>